Welcome everyone, it's Jim Sirk with the Medical Sales Nation. Thanks for joining this podcast today. It's titled, Creating Your Own Clinical, Financial, and Strategic Value Sales Message. You know, Charlie and I were big believers that we as salespeople, you know, we, we get a lot of information, you know, from the company through the marketing department and such, and the messages are fairly good. But what we really believe is that a lot of the messages are lacking some fundamentals that are highly needed in today's marketplace to be able to launch a new product or take an existing product that has a lot of value, but be able to restructure your communication in a manner in which is more what we think is more viable today to get more you know, mind space with the people that you're you're talking to about trying to sell your product within the healthcare market. What I mean by that is is that we believe that products or services have to hit and create value in three buckets. In a clinical bucket, obviously we have to have clinical value. From a strategic perspective, there has to be strategic value for anyone, anybody, any facility to use that product. And there needs to be a financial benefit, and that's either making money or saving money. But it hits four people, what we call the multi-headed customer. And that's the patient, the doctor, the facility in which the procedure or treatment's being done, and the total healthcare system. So if you think about it this way, you need a product that has financial value, clinical value, strategic value, that brings benefit and value to the patient, the doctor, the facility, and the overall healthcare system. And we really believe that we as sales professionals, if we can wrap our heads around, how do I have these conversations? How do I have these conversations with that multi-headed customer, probably not the patient, but with everyone else, how can that help me sell my products in a more effective and efficient way? And that's what we're trying to show within this podcast. So we'll dive into what we did at Advanced Bionics and how we took on Medtronic and won. So with that, and without any further ado, let's get at it. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Medical Sales Nation. It's Jim Surick. And Charlie Johnson. Beautiful day today, Uncle Charlie. The sun is shining in Chicago. And in Connecticut, too, Jim. All right. Hey, Charlie, you know what? We've mentioned a few times about how we've looked at different medical device companies, and we wanted to see how they were going to sell the product, if it was a sales-based culture, a technology-based culture. And we've mentioned in the past the different value propositions that we look for. And I've got some requests from our sales nation to go not necessarily in great detail, but a little bit more in depth because what they're trying to do is they're trying to figure out how they they can take what they currently have and what they're selling, regardless of what the company might be teaching them and try to figure out how to create a stronger value-based sales process. Um, what do you think about that for today? Well, I think it's awesome, Jim, and I, I, I think people taking on their the initiative themselves is a great idea. And companies get great ideas from salespeople who make things work. That's right. So you never know if your company you do something well, people are going to ask you how you're doing it, and they're going to start to try it, and then someday you'll have a great impact on your organization. Yeah, that's like we talked about before, how you can have an impact. And 
here through these podcasts, we're, we're really getting some great requests. And as we said, you have to be an active participant in your own career, regardless of what your company is or is not doing. It's up to you to, to try to be successful. It's not up to the marketing team or the R&D team. It's up to you. And, and hopefully, as you do this, um, you know, and you, you start to be more of an active participant in your career, great things will happen for you, not only uh, from your sales side, but from a career side. So with that, Charlie, um, I thought we'd start off is that for everyone out there, about 2003, when I was working with Charlie at the neuromodulation company and, and we were going up against Medtronic, you, you know, owned 85% of the market, we had great technology. And the the company was really focused on selling the technology, but we had to take a step back and really look at it and say, who is this going to impact? How does this technology impact the patient, the physician, physician-surgeon, the, um, the practice, and the healthcare system itself? So... How are we going to impact this in a meaningful way? And we looked at it, and I want everyone to try to picture this in their head. Think of it if you have a funnel, and at the the top part of the funnel, the top third of the funnel is clinical value, okay? The middle third of the funnel is financial value. The bottom third is strategic value, and so... So what does that mean? What we're saying is that you have to put a product through that funnel. And if it goes through the financial value component, and I'm sorry, the, the clinical value component, if it goes through that top third clinical value and then can flow to the financial value and then flows through the strategic value, then out comes a good product that you're going to have a really good chance of being able to sell because it benefits the patient, the practice, the physician, and the healthcare system. So think about it from this perspective. You have a product, you're going to dump it in the funnel. The clinical value for the patient is incredible. It, it allows the surgeon to provide better clinical care because of the new technology. And it's better for the healthcare system that you have a product that's able to produce and create better outcomes. Then from a financial value perspective, it falls through that, that financial piece and it has a financial value for the patient. They save money potentially with that product. They don't have to take as much time off of work. So they save money. And as you know, today's working environment, you know, not taking time off of work is incredibly important. And then from a financial perspective, it saves the healthcare system money and or then makes the surgeon, the practice, it creates a more sustainable, viable practice because they can generate a little bit more money because they are the most affluent small business owners in America. We want to make sure they're happy so they give great care. And then from a strategic perspective, how is this strategic, from a strategic perspective, how does this help the surgeon, the physician by using this? product? Can it create a more compelling competitive advantage for them within their marketplace? If a hospital gravitates to this technology, we've seen that with some of the robotic technology that hospitals start to adapt to get a strategic foothold within a market. So think about it from that perspective. Charlie, am I missing anything? Can we provide more clarity to this? 
well, you know, let's let's take it from a, a company standpoint. Uh, when when advanced bionics was entering the spinal cord stimulation business as a new player, there was a, there were established relationships in that community with you know both Medtronic and ANS, and everybody at that time I think people still and I think still today felt that the value of a product is based on the relationship that the salesperson has with the customer. And so coming out with a, a, a product that had better technology and could provide better patient care, it's critical to change the message because you can't try to build a relationship to take away the business or you're gonna take years to do that. Right. So the, the first thing was the clinical value and understanding the clinical value was higher then understanding that financially, it was actually not only higher, but more sustainable. There was a financial advantage to the, to the physician and the practice. And strategically, the pain management uh, physicians could really look at growing their business by having the highest quality spinal cord stimulator for those patients that they couldn't really deliver uh, the uh, pain relief. Right. So, so let's take a step. So, so what we're explaining, you know, just to sum it up and it can be confusing on, you know, on a podcast without a PowerPoint, you know, or some sort of graph. So think about this as I'm a sales rep and I'm going to sell this pain um, management, this pain management product, this spinal cord stimulator. And we knew to Charlie's point, we knew we were going up against long standing relationships in which Medtronic created um, this market. They created the pain management market. Doctors were and still are today very loyal to the Medtronic brand and what they did for them by bringing this technology to market to helping these patients get better. So we have to we have to uh, applaud the efforts of of these companies and all companies that bring these technologies out. But that you know we live in a competitive environment. So as a sales rep. I could not, as a, you know, as, a, as the VP of sales and from a sales, just a commercial perspective, I couldn't wait to build a relationship with a doctor and break those long-standing relationships these doctors had. So we had to step back and say, if we're actually going to be effective, our message in today's marketplace as, and an evolving, and we keep saying this over and over again, an evolving dynamic marketplace Selling on relationships matters over time, but if I'm going up against a competitor, I have to have a clinically compelling argument, a financially compelling argument, and a strategic compelling argument for the patient, the practice, the physician, and the healthcare system. So that's what we did. We stepped back and said we cannot compete with established relationships. I can't afford to try to hire all these competitive reps. I have to hire reps, train them to deliver this value-based message. And, um, and I, and so those folks that are asking us to 
to talk about this a little bit. So what am I supposed to do with my product? You have to go back home, do some homework and look at your products and services that you're offering and write down on a piece of paper, what are your clinical advantages and values that you deliver? Do you have any? Maybe you don't have any. You don't have any clinical reports or papers. You better get some. You better go to your company, get them. I'm sure you do. But how are you really discussing that clinical value as it relates to the patient, the practice, the physician, and the healthcare system? Then what are your financial advantages? strategic advantages. And you have to write that down and then you have to create your sales message. And Charlie, why in today's market? Because we found this was in 2003. So, you know, we're, we're talking um, 15 years, 14 years ago, right? 14 years ago, we started doing this and we've brought it to the different companies we've gone to. And obviously you have to tweak it, but it works. I mean, we've seen it work. And it, and I have to tell you, Charlie, I don't feel like a genius. I, I can tell you my wife would remind me of that every day, right? So, <laughs> so I don't feel like a genius. It just seems so obvious. And we've done it so often and we have to tweak it. Why do you think today it's even more valuable than it was in 2003? Well, Jim, I think a lot of people know and uh, there's a lot of talk about the coming reimbursement system, which is going to be based on value-based care. And in preparing for that, it's uh, a a challenge for a company to turn from what they, their features and benefits to value. And let me just explain the difference. Your benefits are the things that your company sees as providing uh, something better than the competition. But the customer looks at what you offer based on its value. Does it have value to my patients? Does it have value to my, my, my uh, practice financially and strategically? Is that value something that I can really build a, a marketing concept or get my practice to really think about how we're going to operate when this value-based care uh, reimbursement comes into place. So there's a lot of talk about it. And Jim, the thing is, understand first you understand the difference between benefit and value or even advantages. Advantages is really talking more about a competitive situation. What we're talking about is what does it mean to the customer? And that's the word value. And that's why I, I try to really focus on the value-based selling for value-based reimbursement that's coming down the road. But today it works too. Well, and right. it has worked since 2003. It, and I'm sorry, Jim, go ahead. No, it's Charlie, I was going to say, yeah, it's becoming – it's actually interesting because the value, the way in which we approached the market in 2003, I'm not saying no other company was thinking about that or looking at it. Now I hear – or read things on on the internet about CEOs and healthcare companies talking about this same concept in, in different ways. But I think it's becoming more important as we move forward for a couple of reasons is that more and more surgeons and physicians, healthcare providers are becoming members of hospital systems. So they're becoming employees, right? And or hospitals are becoming part of larger organizations and they're looking at the cost of acquiring medical products and we all know everybody listening to this knows what a VAT committee is and what and they're not interested that Dr. Jones likes your implant product 
better than what he's currently using now. If you can't show a clinical, a financial, and a strategic value to the hospital system and the patient, for them, they're not buying it. And so, and unless the only way they would do it is if it was an equivalent product that was 30% less expensive. And I've even seen Charlie and VAT committees where we've gone up in where we were 30% less expensive, just less expensive. They still didn't bring the product on because they didn't want to have to try to change every doctor within the system. So, which tells me it's not just about the financial value. It has to be clinical, financial, and strategic. And I think doctors, especially the healthcare systems out there, Charlie, I think they know changes are coming. And if we're sales reps and we want to become more effective, we have to prepare ourselves for some of those changes. And so, Charlie, I know you've done some research on this. What other changes do you think we as sales professionals need to start thinking about to get prepared for that future, which is maybe only three years away, five years away? Well, it depends on your individual market. Remember the, uh, the uh, Obamacare concept uh, was developed long before it was passed in Congress. And no matter what health care system is voted in or not, uh, this is still going to be an going to be the key thing about our future uh, selling our situation is we have to demonstrate value. Uh, as you said, uh, integrated delivery networks look at value. If you work in Boston, there are three accountable care integrated delivery networks. So if you're trying to sell into those, they're gonna they are looking for what value do you provide. Do you provide a clinical value? Do you provide a value financially for the institution? And finally, do you, have, do you offer a strategic value? And think about that. When these IDNs are looking at value-based purchasing for value-based care and value-based reimbursement, if you're selling in those markets, they're already talking to you about that. And we know that these things are coming. They're starting all over the country because they really operate in a, in a way that, that they're taking on patients and they're getting a flat fee for that patient population. And if they can't control cost and quality, they're not going to be profitable. So, Charlie, just, just I don't want to go too deep on this because, no. but I do want to um, let everyone know we are going to be talking to experts in this field in the future on what does an accountable care organization mean? What, how selling into IDNs, into these healthcare systems, what's changing and what do we have to get ourselves prepared for? Because I, I think that's going to be very, very um, important for all of us. But just to, for a little taste on, on like ACOs. So, so if you're selling to a surgeon who's part of an ACO or physician part of an ACO and you're bringing a new product to them, just know that in this ACO, just to make the numbers very, very simple, they're going to cover 1,000 patients within uh, Springfield. And, and within Springfield, they have 1,000 patients. Illinois or Massachusetts. Oh, I just said Springfield <laughs> just because uh, on The Simpsons. There's Springfield everywhere. Yeah, exactly. That's why I did it. The Simpsons did it on, their, on the cartoon. Right. It was just Springfield, and nobody knew what state it was in. So that's why I said Springfield. So anyway, okay. so you got Springfield, right? And... Um, you've got a thousand patients, and 
the ACO is going to get paid $1,000 to treat those patients, so they're going to get a million dollars, okay? Per year. Per year. They're going to get a million dollars to treat those patients per year. If that ACO spends $2 million treating those patients, too bad. That's it. You're, the ACO has to come up with a million dollars to try to cover their costs to go into next year. So what does that mean? Every member, and a member is the primary care all the way to the specialist and can include and will include hospitals, ASCs, you know, prob- different types of tertiary care um, clinics. So, but why is that important? Because those people that are involved are now thinking about the cost of the product. So if you just come in with a new product and has all these great um, bells and whistles and you say it just has all these great features, nobody's going to listen. And, and or if they, well, I shouldn't say no one, it's going to be very hard to sell within that organization. You have to step back. We have to step back as, as a medical sales nation and start articulating the clinical financial strategic value for the patient, the practice, the physician, and the healthcare system. We have to start bringing that into the way in which we present our products. And I know we've talked about this before in some different podcasts, but I just wanted to bring clarity based on the feedback that I've received and we've received on this topic. And some of the some of the requests have been, well, what what should I tell my company? Well, I don't know what you should tell your company as much as start asking these questions. Start start developing your own way within your own team at a district level or across country if you have peers and start hitting this at different angles and experiment, right? Try, stretch yourself, go after it. So if you find yourself in that little bit of a rut, as we talked about before, maybe this is a way to excite and change in the way in which you approach medicine because it is going to become more and more a part of what we do every day. Mm -hmm. And it's not going away, right, Charlie? No, it's not going away. And Jim, when you say cost... We're not talking about the price of your product. What we're talking about is the cost of treating that patient. So if your product doesn't reduce the cost of patient treatment on a tertiary or secondary or primary care basis, no matter what the price is, it's going to be put into a a pool of a commodity. You have to be able to demonstrate, well, your company's gonna have to be able to demonstrate down the road how your value reduces the total cost of treating those thousand patients so that the the accountable care organization or IDN or hospitals that have taken that on can show a profit at the end of the year. Right, right. So so that that's a that's a great way to um to summarize that cost. So we um we as a medical sales nation, we have to think about this as our profession, and we are not going to change the way in which this is evolving, regardless of take politics out of it, administrations out of it, it doesn't matter. It is changing. This this boat is moving forward, and we have got to figure out how to control healthcare costs, and we should be an active participant in that change and help our companies and what we do as a profession to show that we do create value. We do, I shouldn't say create value, we bring value 
to the medical community, the healthcare community and what we do. We should be proud of what we do. We care about patients. We care about outcomes. We just have to start taking a a step back and thinking about it at a deeper level. And we've said this before, right, Charlie, that um, sales, medical sales is turning into enterprise sales, business to business sales more and more. And it's not, the relationship is obviously important, but you have to be a stronger business professional to be able to compete in the medical sales community. Right. And Jim, we know that when a physician goes from a private practice where they're providing uh, the care and making the money and uh, builds a, creates a contract with a, either a, a group of other physicians and an integra- a, a, a care group, right? Multi, multi, multi specialty clinics, yep. multi specialty groups that either own or contract with multi specialty hospitals or clinics. We know that when they go, when they sign that contract, the relationship they have, we know that the loyalty that they have is going to go from the salesperson to the people that employ them. Of course, right? And and that makes sense. And so, well, let's let's take one step back and then, you know, wrap this up for for the folks. Is that to what you just said, Charlie? So when they go from private practice to being a employee member of a multi-specialty clinic or program or network group, they go from fee-for-service, meaning the more productivity I have, the more I make to, I now have to be thinking about the profitability of the group based on our contracts, and our contracts are, are now dictating that we have to control costs. Right. 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 So my thinking as a surgeon, as a physician, a healthcare provider is evolving, will continue to evolve to start thinking about costs and costs. Like you said, it's not necessarily the price of the product, but the outcomes, patient recovery, patient satisfaction, infection rates. Right. It's all these little things We're our healthcare um, providers that we're selling to today are starting to think about today. But I'm telling you, two, three years from now, they it may be 50% of their decision-making. In five to seven years from now, it might be 80% of the way they think, which I'm fine with and we should be okay with. It's just start thinking differently and start having those conversations. And if you're, like I said, we're going to have another podcast, probably a couple on this subject matter, just to try to bring more clarity to it, get some experts on here to talk to us. But Start thinking today about that. Research it. You've got Google. You've got the internet. Start going out there and thinking about how it impacts you. Because like you said, Charlie, in Boston, there's three ACOs. I'll be honest, in Chicago, I have to do my research. I don't know how many there are. And if I'm selling a certain product, I should probably know that, don't you think? I think you should. I think everybody should understand what's happening in their local market as far as the evolution from a fee-for-service or a volume-based reimbursement to a quality-based reimbursement based on value. And what you can best do, if you don't know about it, not only do research, but when you're meeting with your uh, physician customers, ask them yes! how important is value going to be? 
how is it going to differentiate between the products you choose and use? And have that discussion so that you have a better understanding of how it's affecting the physicians and your marketplace. And always look for the three in the funnel, the clinical value, the financial value, and strategic value for all four uh, constituencies, the patient, the practice, the physician, and the healthcare system. Yep. I mean, I think, Charlie, you summed it up perfectly. And what you're saying is be a student of your own game, your own profession, which is medical sales. So be proud, be strong. And until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye, nation. Goodbye.